Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly Knight and I am your host and Modern Mystic Shop owner. And each week you get to listen in on a live class that we've recorded every Sunday at Modern Mystic Shop and we invite different teachers in to teach about their area of specialty and we love, love, love it. And we're so grateful that we get to record it and send it out to all of you guys to learn even if you're not here and able to join us in Atlanta. Um, Before we get into today's topic, I wanted to mention something that is relevant to today's topic. I used to be a tarot reader. I guess I still am, but I used to see clients professionally for many years, and I created a Tarot 101 course where I developed a way to teach tarot that got people up and running rather quickly and very successfully. And so I offer this class um, also online where you can watch six plus hours of videos. You can download my workbook and you can kind of work along with me and the first time I taught this class, it's all this beautiful video recording. So if you're interested in tarot and you'd like to learn more, you can visit modernmysticshop.com. You can search tarot 101, T-A-R-O-T 101, and you can find this class. And for it's only $75 to download all of the videos and all of the information. And I hope that you will if you're interested in learning and growing. Um, The reason why, well, you can be interested in learning and growing and not get the class. What I meant was, if you're interested in learning and growing with tarot, um, it might be a good route for you. Um, The reason why I'm mentioning this is our next presenter, Ruth, uh, was in my most recent live class at Sunday School, I'm not Sunday School, my live uh, Tarot 101 class last January. And I was so impressed with her background and her questions. Um, and so this, this, we brought her in, I asked her if she would teach a Sunday school and this is called transpersonal energy psychology is the name of this class. Ruth is going to talk about advanced integrative therapy. It's AIT. It's a powerful, but gentle form of psychology that works to hear the bo- heal the body, psyche, and spirit. She'll be discussing how you can use this energy system to heal unconscious trauma. And she'll teach just different forms of muscle testing so you can learn your energy system and use your body as a tool for healing. She is a um, a therapist, and so she works one-on-one with a lot of people. That's her profession. And so it's very cool that she's going to take some of these topics that she discusses one-on-one with her clients that she teaches in this group setting. And I really am a huge proponent of psycho-spirituality, the components of psychology that, and so spirituality, spirituality and how they work well together to help sort of get through our trauma, our unconscious blocks, our self-sabotage. And so she's going to give you the cool, the tools that you need to do that. So without further ado, and before I can tongue twist my way any further, um, I introduce to you Ruth Cordova, Transpersonal Energy Psychology. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with me. (laughs) So um, as Kirsten said, psychology is a very, very important in uh, spiritual, spirituality, because if we don't have a healthy mind, a healthy body, if we are full of trauma that we have not, um, that we have not, um, I'm sorry, English is not my first language, so I tend to <laughs> forget some words um, that we are still hanging on to, uh, then we cannot have a healthy spiritual connection. This is the way it is. So if we are pursuing a spiritual connection, trauma is a big part of it. 
usually when we are seeking a spiritual connection, we are trying to get closer to the universe, the divine, the infinity, or how, however you want to call it. Trauma will come up and will block this path that we are onto. Uh, it can be scary because we never know what we're going to find in the darkness of the unconscious mind. And I like this therapy that we call advanced integrative therapy, which is why I'm, I'm going to talk about today, because it takes into consideration the spiritual part of our being. So we will talk about trauma, we will talk about energy centers, and I bet some of you already know, maybe more than me, and we will talk about how we can access all this information and why trauma is important when we are trying to be better person, better people, when we are trying to have a stronger connection with ourselves, with what is out there, and with other people too, okay? So if you have any questions at any time, just raise your hand so I can give you the mic and everybody can hear you. Um, but interrupt me anytime. Don't wait until the end, please. Okay, so I'm gonna start talking first about what is trauma. So what do you think trauma is? Because sometimes we think about something that just happened a long time ago and we're trying to forget and we don't really pay attention to it because it's not in our conscious mind or we don't think about it every day. So what do you think trauma is? There's no wrong answers. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a painful experience in an emotional level that we can't get over, right? That we are just uh, attached to in some way. And that re it keeps reminding us of, uh, you know, we, we get triggers and those triggers remind us of this experience. So a trigger is something that looks like the traumatic experience, right? It's not exactly that, or sometimes it is. Sometimes if we have a trauma with our mother and she's there <laughs> and she looks exactly the same, um, that will be a trigger. But it's an experience in our present life that reminds us in some way of what happened before. It could be a smell, it could be a song, it could be a person, it could be words, it could be anything. And most of the time we don't realize that we're being triggered. So this is why trauma is so relevant in our present life, because we get triggered all the time. Um, even if we don't remember our traumatic experiences from the past, they are there. The fact, like she said, that we are trying to push them away and push them like deep under and not look at them doesn't mean that it doesn't affect us. It does affect us because the consequences are there every day. It could be something small, like falling out of a swing and then being afraid of heights, for instance, as a consequence. It could be something big like sexual abuse or surviving a war or surviving an earthquake. So it could be a number of things. It doesn't have, trauma doesn't have to be a huge thing that transforms our lives. It could be something small that maybe we don't remember anymore that happened to us when we were kids, um, but it's there, it's there having bringing consequences to our lives, welcome. <laughs> so the, in AIT, 
we think of trauma as an experience that affects us today. So I'm gonna read you Asha Clinton, the, de the developer of AIT, I'm gonna read you her definition of trauma, which I think is very complete. So Asha Clinton defines trauma as an occurrence, which when we think back to it, or when it is triggered by some present event, evokes difficult emotions or physical symptoms or sensations, gives rise to negative beliefs, desires, fantasies, compulsions, obsessions, addictions, or dissociation, blocks the development of positive qualities and spiritual connection, and fractures human wholeness. So as you can see, it's not just emotional consequences. More and more investigations are demonstrating that trauma has an effect in our mind, in our emotions, but also in our body, and it makes us sick. And a lot of times, they are discovering that treatment doesn't work because trauma is sustaining the illness. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be treated for a disease, you absolutely should be treated for a disease, but if the trauma is still there, it's probable that the uh, medical treatment won't work. Because the body is trying high to resolve a trauma that is not being resolved yet. The body is telling us, hey, this is still there, pay attention. Because you can't ignore the body. You can ignore your sadness, you can try to, you know, not see it. You can ignore your judgments, you can ignore your, um, reactions to something emotionally or, or uh, mentally, but when you get sick, you cannot ignore your sickness. When you cough, when you have diabetes, or when you have gastritis, it's there. There's no ignoring that. Yes? Yeah. Yes, generational trauma. <laughs> yes. Yes, it gets more complicated, right? <laughs> it's not just my trauma. Um, a good example of generational trauma is sexual abuse. When we find that there has been a trauma of sexual abuse in our lives or in our children's life or in our mother's life or parents, we usually find, looking at the generational history, that this trauma has been repeated many, many times. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we can also see that with addiction, and with many other diseases or um, disorders. There's, usual, there's usually a repetition of trauma in our family. And there are studies now that demonstrated that people who had traumatic experiences had an alteration in their DNA, and this alteration got, you know, yeah, inherited by the next generations. So this is trauma going from one generation to the other. And sometimes we have to work with, um, in AIT we work with our clients, with traumas from their great-grandmother or great-grandfather or you know generations of people they didn't even knew. Um, for instance, a big one is when someone fled a country because of war. This is something that will stay in generations after uh, and very strongly. So. Yes, generational trauma is also something that is very important and we don't realize it's there until we go and look and work <laughs> uh, with it. So um, in AIT we consider trauma as a single event. So as I told you before, sexual abuse, if it happened once, 
um, wars, catastrophes, uh, car crash, you know, something that happened once. But we also can, and then it's repeating itself because we weren't able to process it. Um, and then we also consider developmental trauma, which is usually very subtle. And what developmental trauma is, is something that we think is normal growing up, that we think our parents like uh, being maybe overbearing, overprotective, or very cold and very negligent with us, that that is normal because this is what we know. We know how the world is through our parents, through our family, or through the people that take care of us. When we are little children, this is all we know and we think this is normal. But then we will grow up and you know meet other people and say, okay, this is not <laughs> this is not normal. This is the, the way I was raised is not normal. It's not okay, and this is developmental trauma. So a person that is unable to be independent because the mother was always doing everything for them, this is trauma also. It has consequences in the person's life. Okay, do you have any questions about this? No. So this is very interesting be because yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, and there is a whole psychological um, current working with that. Um, it's called Germanic medicine or the new Germanic medicine. I don't know, yeah, so that's a method that will tell you if you have this disease, you're likely to have this trauma in your story or in your family's story. So that method does not treat your trauma, it just tells you where to look is very helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the therapy that I'm talking about is AIT, so it's Advanced Integrative Therapy. Yes. Um, so all that I'm saying is from the perspective of AIT. Yes. But we also uh, accept and work with other therapies like that one. That, that is very helpful uh, because it just gives us a shortcut when there's physical disease. Yes, and we will talk about energy centers also, and you will see how um, trauma expresses in sections of our body. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, I was talking about developmental trauma, how it affects us. And so, as you can see, trauma has a direct effect in our lives. We know that most of the traumatic experiences are stored in our unconscious mind and in our body. And so, thankfully, this is the way it is because we are not remembering all the time all of our unprocessed trauma. That would be hell, right? So, this is a way of surviving. Just put it in, in the back of our minds, just under many, many doors. <laughs> um, this is a way to survive and to, you know, get on with our lives and just function. Sadly, um, sometimes trauma is so severe that it creates symptoms that could lead to a disorder, to psychosis, to, um, well, dissociation, which is disconnection, like profound disconnection. It could lead to personality disorders, emotional disorders, physical illness, like the definition said, addictions. So any way that we can find to escape to escape contact with the trauma that we are not being able to solve. But also these symptoms 
um, hi, good morning, will create suffering in itself, right? So they are not allowing us to function. It will be worse or less intense uh, according to our trauma, according to the environment we had when trauma happened, um, and or inner strength. Okay, do you have any questions or comments? No? Okay. So I want to move on to talk about where this information is stored and how we can access it. Because it's the beauty of a therapy that takes into consideration all the psychological theories, but also all the ancient knowledge about energy. Because then we can access in a gentle, safe way all this information without hurting the client, which is amazing. <laughs> okay, so if you think about all the experiences you've had in your life, everything, since the moment you started your existence, everything is in your unconscious mind, in, our, in your body, and also and especially in your energy system. So every scar, every wrinkle, every mark that you have in your body, the shape of your body, everything that you are is telling a story. Is there because something happened that made you this way. So this is very important because we have all the information we need to heal. And our energy system and our body will always move towards healing naturally. But when trauma is so severe that we cannot process it, these gets affected. Our natural, um, our natural ability to heal ourselves gets affected. So in AIT, we can help you recover that. That's the idea that you can restart, like reboot your system and heal. And when you do, whatever happens next will be easier to process. So when we talk about energy system, um, I don't know if you have heard of chakras or energy centers. Yes, yeah, so sort of you have an idea of what I'm talking about. So it's po points or centers in our body that are important or main uh, centers for our energy system. Our energy system is another system in our being that carries information about traumas, which I'm gonna focus on because uh, in psychology we'll, we're focusing on the treatment of trauma mostly. But it also carries all your potential that you can develop, all your good experiences, all your happy experiences, all your successes, and all your neutral experiences also. So Everything is there. So in AIT, we use 13 centers. You're usually um, maybe have heard of the seven main centers. We have hundreds of centers in our body, but usually we, we will um, use in other you know, techniques seven centers, right? In AIT, we use 13 because they are relevant and have information that the others maybe won't have. So I'm gonna talk about all the centers and tell you which information they, ca they carry, okay? So we're gonna start uh, backwards from what you usually do. That would be starting from the first or root center. We're gonna start from the seventh center, which is the crown. So the crown center is on the top of your head. And I want you to think of them not as a center and a specific point, but as a section in your body because this center will rule a whole section of your body. So the crown center that is not 
um, attached to the head, but it's actually a little outside your body, has to do with um, the connection to everything, connection to infinity, spiritual connection, uh, the divine masculine. So this is important uh, when you live in a country where God is a male. Yes, so this will be important in this culture. <laughs> um, and then it also has all the information about issues with our father. So this is very important because our father is here. And sometimes when I work with people with trauma regarding their father, they say, you know, it's very weird, but I feel it in, like in the top of my head. And yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's the place where you should feel this. And then this, the next center, which is the forehead, and it's the exact center is located in the middle of your forehead, just a little above your eyebrows. But it also rules your forehead, your brain, your ears, and your eyes. So all this section of the top of your head. So this center has to do with intuition, with thought, of course, you know, wisdom, intelligence. So all that you're thinking, but also, um, if a, a person is very judgmental and critical, this also will be a very activated center, you know? Um, and headaches, uh, problems with your brain, everything that has to do with your head is had related to this center. The next center, and this is not a common center that we're used to see, is the chin. Usually it goes to the throat, but we consider the chin. and. Uh, this is located in the crease, 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 <laughs> crease of your chin. Uh, even if you don't have a, a wide crease, it's, it's there. And it rules the second part of your face. So it's your face, what you present to other people, what people see, you know. And this is a very important center when you work with trauma, like sexual abuse, for instance, because it has to do with shame has to do with humiliation. So this is a, a center that will be very activated by those traumas and will hold a lot of information about traumas like that. Yeah. And of course your mouth. So if you grind your teeth, you know, this is the center. <laughs> okay, so the next center is your throat. This one you're probably familiar with. And this is in the hollow space at the base of your throat. It's not up here, but it does rule your throat. So your larynx, your throat, vocal cords, the back of your uh, neck. So all that is here. Yes. So this has to do with communication. So this center should be very activated in me right now because I'm trying to communicate my knowledge. But it also has to do with communicating and expressing emotion. So when we're having trouble expressing our emotions, connecting with others, this is a center that has been affected by trauma. And also if you get like sick a lot in your throat, with infections or you know, other things, this is a center that you, you should look to, look into. Yeah. Okay. So remember you can interrupt me at any time. <laughs> I remember I had a client once, um, she had cancer in her throat she was at the final stage of the cancer, but she wanted therapy to die in peace. So that's what we did. And when she talked to me about her trauma, it was sexual abuse. But the thing that 
affected her the most was that she never said anything. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And that's the main thing we worked on. She never said anything. There was, she was never able to tell anyone. Yeah. So the next center is our heart center, which is not exactly on your heart. So it's not to the left. It's in the middle. So if you say me and point to yourself, this is the center. Yeah. So this center is very important. It's the most expensive center in our body, in our being. It has to do with all the emotions that make you cry, so all the watery emotions of sadness, pain, grief, but also excitement, <laughs> you know, and also fear. A lot of people think fear is, you know, down below, but fear is here. If you are afraid and feel something somewhere else, maybe there's also something else <laughs> other than fear. So fear is also here. Um, and then you have your lungs, you know, your chest, your heart, all, and your shoulders, your arms, and your hands. So it's all this section, uh, your upper trunk of your body. Yes. And in, the, in AIT, we consider two auxiliary centers for the heart because it's such an important center. And this is the left side, so the, on the left side of your heart and the right side of your heart. So the left side will have, of course, feminine aspects and right uh, masculine aspects. This is a technical term, but I don't really like it because we all have feminine and masculine. It has nothing to do with gender. So I like to call them uh, receptive aspects and assertive aspects. <laughs> that makes more sense to me. Um, so it will be these aspects in relation to the heart center. Yes. Okay. Any questions? Yes. Yeah, so receptive aspects could be when you are taking in information, so what you're doing right now. I'm being more assertive and you're being more receptive, for instance. Yeah. So if you have issues on the right side of your body, that means you're not maybe you're not that you're not being assertive. Maybe that you're being too assertive, it could be also, yeah. You're not, you're not asking for help. That would be having a balance between the two, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It could be, I, I wouldn't say blog, not necessarily, but yes, affected, because it has to do with this section of your body. Yes. Yes. She was talking about the chin center. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna move on to the solar plexus. And when I first started um, in this, you know, learning about energy centers and chakras, after studying psychology, I was like, "What is the solar plexus? What is that?" But the solar plexus is the term we use for the center that is where the, your diaphragm is, where your stomach begins, where you feel hunger or gastritis. <laughs> it's there. Um, and this center has to do with all the fiery emotions. So the heart center is water emotions, what makes you cry. And the solar plexus is, or the pit of your stomach, is um, all the fiery emotions. So anger, rage, passion, survival, you know, all the life-affirming uh, emotions. Yes, yeah, so 
driven, when you're driven, when you're pushing for something that you want, when you're um, following a goal, things like that. This has to do with that. But also when you're angry and enraged and um, anxious about something, it's also here. So if you think about all the digestive problems we have sometimes <laughs> when something happens that angers us or we feel anxious and we start feeling like a void in the there, well, it makes sense, right? And this also has to do in a physical level with all your organs, except your intestines. So your spleen, your liver, your stomach, your kidneys, all the organs in your trunk. Yes. Okay. So then we have the belly button, the umbilical center. Yes. And this one does not have to do with a physical part of your body. So this is the only one that doesn't rule one section in your body. This has to do with general body experience. So it's, if someone is working with a trauma or is going through something and just feels the emotions and sensations everywhere in their body, this is the center, the umbilical center. And it also has to do with the connection between body, mind, and spirit. So it's a very important center, okay? So this is the umbilical center. And it makes sense because it's through there that we get our nutrients to, you know, have life when we are in our mother's womb. Yeah. And then we have um, the, I'm sorry, the pelvis, the pelvic center, which is right under our belly bottom where the pubic bone begins. Yeah. So this center has to do with sexuality also, and it has to do with our sexual organs, and all that has to do with creativity also, um, yeah, and sexuality in general. Yeah. Yeah, passion is there too, that's important. Yeah. Okay, and this center, um, usually it's confused with the root, which is the mother center. <laughs> the club has, has all the issues with our mother. But this has to do with uh, sex our sexuality in general. And then the last center, which is the root, this center is very important also. And in AIT, we consider the auxiliary centers when we work with people, because it's very important. And so, as we talked about the heart, the center has left, in the left crease, where your um, leg meets your hip, and in the right crease. So the left has to do also with feminine or receptive aspects, and the right has to do with uh, masculine or assertive aspects. And then regarding to the root center, the root center is between your sexual organs and your bottom, so all, like the best way to reach it is just sit on your hand. <laughs> That's the easiest way to reach it. So this center is very important also. So we start with a very important center at the top of our head and we finish with a very important center at the base of our body, which is uh, mother issues, of course, and we all have mother issues, <laughs> even if we didn't met our mother, that is an issue in itself. Um, and then it has to do with the divine feminine. So this center will have to do with spirituality, but mostly in, in for all of us, but mostly in places where God is feminine. In, uh, in cultures where God is uh, feminine. And it also has to do with survival and with not getting 
our basic needs met when we were an infant. Yeah, so nurture, food, if they change our diaper, if they held us, all that is there. Yes, so this is a very important center. Okay, so this is all the information our energy centers store. And this is the application that uh, we use when we work with clients in AIT. Because as you see, our whole life is there. Like all, if you think about issues with our mother, there's the root, father, there's a head. We all have to visit that at some point <laughs> if we are doing therapy. Uh, if you think about things that make us um, sad because of loss and grief, you have the heart center. So we have, you know, all, all our experiences there. And we will find the information in our energy centers that has to do with our mind, what we think, what we learn to uh, think from our experience. We will find all the emotions and all the body reactions that we have because of trauma. Yes? So does anyone have a question or comment? No? So the way that we, yes? In the belly button, yeah. What kind of information we, what we look for in the belly button? So as we saw where we have traumatic experiences, um, these will block the communication between ourselves. So it could be that because I had a car crash when I was a child or older, and my body was shaken, and I broke my leg, and I was very afraid, and I thought I was going to die, that I then disconnected from my body. And now I can't feel my body anymore. I can't feel my emotions. I'm, I'm functioning, but I feel disconnected from my body. So the connection between the emotional, spiritual, and physical part is affected. And of course, maybe I'm disconnected from my spiritual part because, you know, how could this happen to me? Why wasn't God looking over me? Why didn't he stop this from happening? So this is a center that will be affected because of it. And I'm talking about sections and trying to compartmentalize, <laughs> you understand, um, the experiences in maybe fear or anxiety or anger. But the truth is, when trauma happens, we will have many centers affected, not just one. Yes. So, yeah. So when someone is sexually abused, for instance, um, and they are small children, one of the mechanisms of survival will be dissociation. So disconnecting from that moment, from everything that you're experiencing. So in those cases, the, the connection to the body, to the mind, to the spirit is fragmented, is broken. And many centers will be affected, like the chin, for instance, because of the abuse, of the shame, of the blame, yes. Um, there will be fear, so your heart center. There will be, for instance, if the father was the abusive person, it, there will be father issues. If the mother knew and didn't do anything, there will be mother issues. So it, you know, a lot of centers will be affected with one trauma. And the problem is that this one trauma happened, 
because you're a child, you cannot process the trauma because you still don't have an ego. You still don't have the tools, you know, to deal with something so horrible. And then this keeps repeating itself in your life. And it doesn't repeat itself out of cruelty to you. It repeats itself as a reminder that you need to heal this, but also because this is what you know. And so this is what you end up doing again. And this is where traumatic patterns come into action. And then we have, uh, after the repetition of trauma, we have the consequences with, uh, I don't know, borderline disorder, for instance, because this keeps happening, or an experience similar to this keeps happening. So you had an abusive father or an abusive mother, and then you go on, grow up, and marry someone that exactly like your father or exactly like your mother or both, which is worse, <laughs> yes? So we tend to um, repeat our story over and over. And we think we are free. We think that we are choosing freely and that we are maybe choosing something different from our par parents, like if you're a rebel like I was, like everything the opposite, right? But the opposite, it's, al it's always repetition. It's al also repetition. By opposition, it's also repetition. I'm not choosing freely if I choose to do exactly the opposite, right? Because it, I'm also repeating trauma. And probably I'll end up finding the same exact thing that I was trying to run away from. So when, and this is very hard because usually we don't realize that we're doing it. We don't see that we are repeating, that we are married with our father in a metaphorical way um, until maybe someone tells us or we go to therapy and, oh my God, <laughs> I married my father, for instance, right? And it's horrible to realize this, but it happens. And it's also a first step to really become free and really rid yourself of all these chains and be able to heal. When we work with AIT, we work with the originating trauma, so what happened in the past, that is the origin of our issues today. And there might be many, many originating traumas, which is usually the case. Um, and then we also work with the present trauma, which is the repetition of what happened in the past. And this is the in interesting part with AIT. We also work in the connection. So the connection is important because if we don't break the connection, the trauma will keep repeating itself. It could be in lesser, you know, less than before or less intensively than before, but will still, you know, repeat itself. So this is the three steps transformation that we do so that we can help the person heal completely and not just a little. And then we move on into working with all the cognitions, all the negative beliefs that you learn because of your trauma. So if your father was an alcoholic and was abusive, you will think that all men are like that. And so there's no way out. So if you want to marry a guy, you'll end up with the same thing, right? And we, with our cognitions, the thing is that we prove ourselves right all the time. <laughs> so it's important also to work on those. But we don't stop there. We also go ahead and instill positive beliefs so that you will have more assertive and better options for your life. And then we move on to develop all the qualities 
that weren't developed because of trauma. For instance, with the example of the person who had an, um, a very protective mother and now is completely useless as an adult and cannot do anything for him or herself, independence is a quality that was not developed. Right? So we can develop that. We can work on the trauma, the beliefs, and then help them develop um, those qualities that they don't, didn't develop because of trauma. And all this is using our energy centers, which gives us a gentle yet profound way to work. Because our energy system will always take care of ourselves and make sure that we are not doing more than we can handle. Right? So this is very, very interesting. Okay, does someone have any more questions? Yes. <laughs> what about people who have repressed their trauma? So they were to come to you and say, I don't remember these things, but I can see the impact that it's having. What would you do then? So this is usually the case. <laughs> we know, like, I have a terrible relationship with my partner. Um, I have a terrible relationship with my kids, or I'm yelling at my kids all the time, or I'm afraid to go out of my house, but I don't know what happened. And usually this is the case. People don't remember. And they don't remember simply because they're not ready to remember. When you are ready to remember, your unconscious will send you the information, and sometimes it can surprise you. But in, um, in a clinical setting, when we are working with someone else, we are careful not to push the person to remember something they're not ready to, and we will prepare them for what's coming in strengthening them and giving them tools so they can remember on their own. Um, and what we do is we know that usually the present is the same as the past. So you already, just from the present, have a lot of information and the emotions that the person is feeling will be exactly the same as they were in the past. So you overreact or you paralyze or react in a strange way because you, your emotional reaction is as if the trauma was happening again, even if you don't remember. So if your partner tells you like, why do you overreact every time I do this and that? <laughs> and you're like, I'm not overreacting. This is just you or, you know, we tend to blame others also. Um, this probably means, we should listen because this probably means that we are being triggered and then something from the past is surfacing emotionally even if we don't remember, right? And we are reacting as if it was happening again, which is terrifying because it could be something simple. It could be just listening to a parent's fight, for instance. It can be very scary for a child. It could be something uh, more severe, right? We don't know. And a good way to access it, other than comparing the past from the present, is muscle testing, which is what I'm, what I'm gonna talk about next. So muscle testing, have you ever heard of muscle testing? No? Yes, okay. Some have, it's okay. You don't have to know anything. <laughs> so muscle testing is basically using our body. So that's why I talked about the body before. Our body holds all the information we need. So we are going to ask our body. So if I have a client who is going through something and I suspect that this might look like a trauma of certain kind or a trauma that has to do with something, 
I will muscle test to see if they need to work on this or that, or if they have this belief or that belief. For instance, if I ask someone, um, do you believe that you want your traumas to get worse? You will say, no, I don't believe that. You know, that's why I'm here. But your muscle testing might tell a different story because it's unconscious. This is not something that you're doing on purpose. This is something that you have uh, led, you know, that you have learned because of your experiences. Yes. So I'm going to teach you three types of muscle testing today. I think we have time. Yeah, we're going to do it super fast. <laughs> it's very simple. Um, and the principle is if your body goes weak, the answer is no. If your body is strong, the answer is yes. So uh, does someone want to help me? I don't bite. <laughs> yes, come here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, come here. I need your arm. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm going to show you, and this is something you can practice with a person next to you while I'm doing it, because we don't have much time. But I encourage you to just practice this, sit with everybody that will let you practice. <laughs> um, because muscle testing, the secret to muscle testing is practice. Okay, so please put your hand forward like this. So you can just ask the person next to you to do the same. And one person can do the muscle testing and one person will be muscle tested. So can I touch you? Yes, okay. So I'm gonna use two fingers. You can use two or three fingers. So to not overpower the other person, right? Two fingers on the wrist, like this. You put your finger over the wrist, and I'm gonna ask you to try to hold your arm, and I'm gonna push down to push it, yeah, just try to push it. So I'm gonna push, and I'm pushing down gently. It's not a hammer, you know? <laughs> now I'm not trying like to hang over her arm to overpower her, it's not a, it's not a fight. I'm just trying to meet her strength and know her strength. So I know this is her strength. I'm going to push down. Yeah. So the arm has to be parallel to the floor. So a little. Yeah. Yes. It could be like this. It could be like uh, to the side or to the front. It's fine. So I'm going to ask you to say yes. So say yes. And I'm going to push. And it's, it's holding, right? It's not going down. And say no. And push. Okay. Do you see the difference? So the arm went down. Thank you. <laughs> so the, did you see the difference? Yes. So this is muscle testing. That's it. It's very simple. Yes. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.